Welcome to Building Your T-Shirt Empire, powered by ShirtAgency.com. Get ready to take a trip inside the apparel industry for the best tips, tricks, and interviews. And now, here's your host, Cole Lundstrom. Hello, and welcome to Building Your T-Shirt Empire. My name's Cole, and this week we have Evan Toporek, who is the CEO and one of the owners of Alternative Apparel. Alternative Apparel is one of my favorite brands. They create just some really fantastic eco-friendly products. So Evan, why don't you introduce yourself? My name is Evan Toporek. I'm the CEO and one of the owners of Alternative Apparel. And uh, as for my background, I'm actually an industrial engineering graduate from Georgia Tech. So I didn't really go to school to learn about fashion, but I am a third generation in the garment business. My grandfather had a cut and sew operation in Augusta, Georgia for military fatigues. And my father had a camouflage clothing brand, kind of an outdoor hunting apparel company. So um, when I got out of college, I was with a major, large consulting company, did that for about five years and learned that corporate America was not for me. And uh, around 1998, actually in March of 98, um, decided to buy into this business, Alternative Apparel, which had been launched in 95 from a, uh, a good friend of mine um, who I had connected with through a mutual friend. So uh, at the time, it was actually a headwear company. It was launched as Alternative Headwear. And um, actually before that, we started as a, as a promotional products company, really that was just focused on apparel with an in-house art department, eventually screen printing and embroidery, um, but just did not like anything that was available in the wholesale blanks market to print on or embroider on. So we decided to make our own clothing, um, started with headwear, and uh, enjoyed doing that more than decorating and selling promotional products. So we eventually sold that off, focused on alternative headwear, which became alternative apparel. and. Um, Went from there. I'd love to hear more about uh, running the company from then to now. How has it evolved over the years? Yeah, so uh, initially we were focused on this. Uh, we call it the imprintables market. I've heard it referred to as printware, but um, those that would buy blanks and, and decorate it and, and use it for marketing and giveaways. And uh, around 2004, my business partner and the founder of our company, Greg Alterman, who is still my business partner, but... Um, is no longer involved day to day. He moved to Los Angeles to open up a design lab for us. We've always been headquartered in Atlanta, where I am. But about that time, um, there was a lot of emerging startup brands in Los Angeles looking for great bra- uh, blanks to print on. American Apparel and Alternative really being the first to bring, um, you know, I would say fashion and fitted and more retail like garments into the blank wholesale industry. Um, we got excited because clothing brands and band merchandise companies, companies that would actually resell it were using what we were selling rather than companies that were just using it for marketing giveaways. So we decided to evolve even further around 2007 and started to build our own seasonable, uh, season, seasonal, excuse me, fashion lines that we sold into uh, retail, starting with boutiques and then launching really with our first major 
uh, customer Urban Outfitters around 2008, um, moving into some department stores, getting some international distribution. So the brand had really evolved from a manufacturing business to becoming an actual consumer brand. In 2010, we actually went the final step and opened our own store, still in, uh, in Venice Beach, Abbott Kenny Boulevard, a place we're very proud of. I admire uh, that store, by the way. Thank you. You thank guys you. did such a phenomenal job. The The building and the way it's laid out, it just looks so great in there. Yeah, I mean, I think we timed it well. The street is just incredible. We took an old 1920s home and really built it into a hangout first that just sells clothing. It seems to be a, just a great place for the community. Yeah. And um, and it's just, uh, it's been really the face of the company. Every I, Not a day goes by where somebody doesn't compliment me on that store, so thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we've, we've since opened another in San Francisco, Hayes Valley, uh, mm-hmm. and one in Soho, New York. Not aspiring to open one on every corner, um, really for just to get closer to the consumer and bring all of that learning back into the other channels, which we're still active in all of those. So um, it's really been an interesting ride to evolve from a trade brand and a manufacturer into a consumer brand. And, you know, I think that's what makes us different. We're a we're a real retail brand, not retail-like, but a real brand. And, um, and still our largest business, which is that imprintables blanks distribution. And I think our learnings are helping us differentiate ourselves there. As far as the actual blank, you guys have a pretty strong passion for being eco-friendly and uh, having some higher level labor standards. Is that the main thing that you think differentiates you in the marketplace or is it the the cuts and the fashion? Yeah, I think that uh, that does make a big difference. One thing that we do, though, is, is we truly start with inspiration. We don't buy other samples and send them to factories where they can just be made cheaper. Um, and undercut those that originally thought of it. We start yarn up. We start with sketches, which I know sounds um, not too different in the retail world for what fashion brands do, but I think it's different in the wholesale blanks market. And everything, we may have factories that would come to us and show us uh, readily available fabrics, but we don't buy that way. We start at the yarn, and when we can we try to use the most eco-friendly um, manufacturing methods that we can so we always use low impact dyes the dyes don't emit into the atmosphere they don't do harm to that layer we use organic cotton we use recycled polyester um, when we our factories reclaim their water when we do wovens we use a process that's 60 percent less energy and water usage so where we can, we do try to employ eco-friendly practices. And, and that's evolved into more social um, practices. By the end of the second quarter of this year, 95% of, of our production will be in RAP certified factories. So um, when it comes to social compliance, ethical treatment of the factory workers uh, earning higher wages than normal, we're willing to, to make the investment in doing it the right way. Um, and I'm not sure that we get paid for that. I'm not sure that that is something that ultimately at the point of sale, somebody's paying more for, but it feels right to us. And hopefully we are becoming known as a thoughtful company in that way. What do you think is the number one mistake you're seeing small startup companies making, specifically the people printing on your garments? 
Yeah, I mean, we have made them all. So, you know, the brand's been around 21 years. I've been with it 19. And if there's been a mistake to be made, we've made it. So we've learned from it. What I think I see happening too often with startups is that they chase every opportunity that comes their way. I think it's important, first of all, in the, in the beginning, don't just build a brand that you think people will like. You have to build a brand that's inside of you. So we didn't brainstorm and create a likable brand. We looked inside of us and said, well, what are the things that are most important to us? And then once you lock in on that, you can tell a more authentic story in your marketing, build more authentic products with that in mind. And don't just chase every call that comes your way. Just find more channels, more customers, more opportunities that appreciate what you do. Um, so, for example, with us, we, we built this business on same-day shipping, which you have to do in the wholesale blanks industry. But we found that retailers loved that model as well. And when we were launching that wholesale to retail, it was during you know this great recession, 2008, 2009. And when they saw that we were making great basics, fashion basics, um, not bleeding edge, but timeless, great construction. And yet we would ship it the same day to them to reduce their concerns for their own inventory or risk that they would have. That became a great opportunity that just worked well with what we did. And today we've, we've trademarked the name Basics Bar, which we're rolling out into boutiques and stores nationwide. Um, really just taking that same model, same day shipping, great basics. Every store needs them. And it hasn't been chasing an opportunity that we couldn't deliver upon. You know, we could sell it and we could deliver it. And I think I see startups uh, coming up with ideas to chase business instead of just doing more of what they do well. What new products are you most excited for uh, your customers to try this year? Well, the one product we actually launched last year, a new fabric, uh, was a vintage jersey, which was our version of a, of a blend. It's a 50-50 blend, but it's looser knit, still a great, um, you know, fabric for the printers to use, but it's vintage inspired. So we have a basic crew in that comes in 16 colors called a keeper, which already is our number one seller in units. Um, so we've put an additional 10 to 15 styles against that fabrication and it's just taking off. So, just the extension of that's exciting. We also have gotten back to our roots and redesigned around eight new headwear styles. We had kind of moved much of our attention into apparel and I wouldn't say we fell asleep at the wheel, but we didn't put enough love into headwear design. Well, we've got eight new styles coming out um, really in April that, the, that we think the market will be excited about. Also, uh, mid-year, we've got a new midweight. A transitional type fabric called vintage heavy knit where we see things headed is really heavier weight this market has been uh, on a hot run with blends lightweight blends we're, at retail we're closer to the consumer especially the creative consumers that we know all about we think they like more durable more heavyweight um, fabrics and so we've come out with a great version of that again heavier yarn maybe a little bit looser knit than than our competition but something we're calling vintage heavy knit it comes out this um this fall people love the feel of a 4.2 ounce ring spun shirt but they don't like the thinness um so i think that's a great thing to add to your collection 
Yeah, thank you. And what we find is that, you know, it gets better with age. So if you build it durable, it's going to be soft. Everything has a litmus test for alternative. It has to look and feel alternative, but it'll be, it'll be durable, heavier weight. We think there's a void in the market for that. And then finally, French Terry is, is trending hot at retail and it's doing very well for us. And since we were the innovators of burnout, first to bring that to the market, we've got a burnout French Terry in several exciting styles that's going to be hitting the market this fall as well. So those are some big ideas coming to the table. When you're looking at trends over the coming year, is there anything that you're seeing that maybe you guys aren't even going to implement, but you're just seeing it uh, on a industry level? Yeah, we are. And we, we can pay close attention at retail since we're, we're right there. You know, there's a 90s, fashion obviously reinvents itself, and there's this 90s style right now that you're seeing higher necklines, heavier fabrics, like we mentioned, crop tops, high-waisted pants. Um, so we have our take on that stuff. We have seasonal items that we, we introduce um, with monthly deliveries where we can take more chances. It's not just core product that we know we, need, we should stock for several years. So you'll see our versions of that coming out. But, you know, in the end, we're going to do it in an alternative way. It won't be bleeding edge. It won't be overly fast fashion and disposable. It'll be something that you could still feel fine wearing year after year. What do you think is something that a small upstart brand can do today to grow their business? Yeah, I think the most important thing today is to be digital first. Let digital be your beacon. And, and consider mobile over desktop. So I, I don't want to just act like we're a technology company, but we all are technology companies. And if I were starting a business today, the good news is that software has become more affordable. Storage has become more affordable. But I would build the customer experience around how they'll view your brand digitally. And then focus on service. You know, Make sure you can deliver upon what you're selling. And it, we go to trade shows. We all go to trade shows, and there's great samples in the booths. But how many of those companies actually deliver upon same-day shipping, stocking it deep, and really not letting their customer down when their customer's done such a great job of selling their item? So I know it's, it's not specific to fashion, but I would start digital first in any new startup business that, that I was coming out with today. I, we've seen a crazy uh, swing towards uh, people just starting with something as cheap as like a Shopify store, which it's been pretty amazing to watch some of our customers go from a guy in an apartment to a, a full-blown retail brand. It's kind of incredible the audience you can access online. So, so what's fun for us is there, there really aren't as many barriers to entry now as when we started this business. And you're right. It's great to see creative people have access to starting businesses like that. So in this channel, this Imprintables channel, we love working with like-minded companies. And we, you know, I would say we pull for the underdog. And it's more fun for us, quite honestly, to, to work with those creative startups than, you know, some of the older, larger companies that are still caught, I think, in a, an old way of working. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about the labor practices and the standards that your company has implemented? Why is the alternative product better for the people sewing it? Well, first of all, our, our three key factory partners have been the same over the last 10 plus years. 
So, and we're driving 80% of our volume through them. So that there's really a connection between our company. And even though we don't own those factories, we feel like we do and they feel like they own our brand. So we visit them frequently um, and we make sure that that we're fair with them and them with us. We also, though, employ third parties and we have them show up unannounced. We have them audit factories uh, and we have them make sure that they're meeting the highest social and ethical standards that um, we can have. So that's where RAP certification comes in. And if you click on any of our styles, you'll you'll find those that are produced. This is on our website. You'll find those that are produced in RAP certified factories. Like I said, by the end of the second quarter, 95% of our production will be flowing through there, and we're going to keep working on it until it's 100%. Thanks so much for taking a little bit of time out of your day and talking to me. Hey, it's been a pleasure, and I've enjoyed listening to your podcast. Hopefully, I enjoy listening to this one, too. Oh, Thanks. yeah. I think this one turned out great. Yeah, I mean, you have so much experience and information. It's just great to hear from somebody who's succeeded on your level. Well, thank you for thinking of us that way, and I look forward to, to hearing this when you go live. Well, that concludes this episode of Building Your T-Shirt Empire. Thanks so much for Evan and Alternative Apparel for the great interview, and thank you for joining us. We have been selling out all our screen printing classes here in L.A., um, so if you're interested in coming to the May or the July event, there's actually only five uh, spots left for May. So head over to the screenprinting.com website, click on the Learn tab, and we are the Los Angeles location. Have a great week. Bye.